All right, we're back here once again on the episode 44, the Rigo edition of Commanders in the Chat with your two favorite commanders. What's going on, Commander Cruz? Going on, Coach. How's it going? Happy Thursday. Good. Yeah, I'm good. Happy Thursday and also happy game week. Um, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars on the menu this week. So we had to bring in our guest, my guy, Mike Patton, from the Touring the AFC South podcast. What's going on, Mike? Oh, nothing much, man. I'm talking about menu, man. You're making me hungry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got a definitely great show lined up for you. So talk about this episode 44, the John Rigo uh, episode. And also we are a William Jackson three days away from our kickoff. Rob, don't you don't care with it. <laughs> I know. I was like, when I see three, I was like, you know what? I got to get Rob on this one because. We know you, that's not your favorite, so you, you could have you could have thrown it back and did a Dustin uh, Dustin Hopkins. I would have been okay with that. But yeah, so we definitely got a great show lined up for you. So I'm gonna go around the horn for this matchup here. Where we got first topic we want to discuss is the storyline to watch. And we gotta have. And matter of fact, and, and come to think about it, since the the new rebranding of the podcast, Mike, you are our first guest. And the commanders in the chat. When we used to be to watch the football guys, we kind of converted over. So you are our first guest on our revamped show. So we'll lead you off. So what is the storyline to watch in, in this matchup uh, between the commanders and the Jaguars? Well, thank you again for having me and, uh, you know, let, allowing me to grace the, 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 the new digs, and, you know, kind of looking around the stadium, you know, waving at all the fans. I'm just going to kind of break it down for them. Like, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the podcast, the, the podcasters, but the announcers and all those different people do, you know, while the crowd's going wild. Okay. One thing storyline to look at is the offense and the functional offense of the Washington Commanders versus the Jacksonville defense, who has a renewed energy with Trayvon Walker on one side, Josh Allen on the other. Now, you lost Brandon Sheriff in the offseason, so the offensive line took a hit. Now you've got that big behemoth, Trayvon Walker on one side, Josh Allen on the other, and both of those two guys have the potential to be a potential top duo in the NFL over time, rushing the passer. So, that's going to be a huge thing to watch. Can the Washington offensive line kind of hold up, give Carson Wentz some time to actually make a play or, you know, not make a play? We'll, we'll see what happens. But anyway, um, that that's a key. And then for Washington, the biggest key is going to be running the football. Jacksonville Jaguars aren't necessarily the greatest team against stopping the run. Um, I, like I like to call them, you know, the last few years, the, the the donut defense. You know, they had a lot of pieces on the outside, but then the inside is either whole or it's a bunch of jelly, which is really, really soft. So, you know, to me, that's going to be the test. Can the Washington Commanders run the football at the Jacksonville Jaguars? If the Jaguars can stand up and stop it, then that's a whole new set of problems that the Commanders have. But running the football, I know that uh, the Commanders are definitely familiar with doing that with the weapons that they have, so they need to – Run the football, set everything else up around that makes things in life a lot easier. Absolutely. Rob, your storyline to watch. So from a commander standpoint, my storyline is definitely going to be that offense. See what this offense can do against, um, like you mentioned, that they, they do have nice pieces on the outside. Um, can Carson Wentz get something going in the first in the three preseason games where he, the action that he got 
didn't play well. Taylor Heineke outplayed him in the Kansas City game. Um, Sam Howell outplayed him in the Carolina game. You know, he benefited from Brian Robinson. And, you know, say what you want about us losing Brandon Scherf, which, yes, that was a huge hit to our offensive line. But our one, our first string offensive line, played very well this preseason. A lot of Brian Robinson to really uh, get out to the open field, get to that second level and showcase his skill set. Um, and they did the same thing for Antonio Gibson until he fumbled in and Brian Robinson got most of the, the um, carries as, as the primary guy. They can do that for, for Antonio Gibson, and I believe they will. Um, like you said, the, the middle of that interior defensive line is, is suspect, and that's kind of the strength of our offensive line. Uh, big boy Chase in, in, the, in the middle at center, uh, so definitely going to be able to make holes for Antonio Gibson to, to get some room. Uh, still have J.D. McKissick, who not only is a good runner, but a great pass catcher. Um, and then hopefully that will set up the, the play action pass to Terry McLaren, Dahan Dotson, Logan Thomas, you know, Deami Brown, if he decides he wants to show up, you know, he can get a pass or two in the game. Um, but from a Jaguar standpoint, it's, it's going to be the development of Trevor Lawrence going into year two. Year one was he, he he had his moments. He definitely had his moments. Overall, I think it was a, a lackluster season, but you, you kind of expect that from number one overall pick. That was the reason the Jaguars had the first pick last year. And um, So you don't expect, obviously, him to come out, ball out, playoff team, Super Bowl contenders right away. You just want to see him progress. And I think that's going to be the biggest line for the Jaguars this year. Yeah. Um, the storyline, like I we talked about this in the preseason, uh, Carson Wentz has three mental tests. Obviously, mental test number one is this week. Obviously, with Jacksonville Jaguars, just the history of it. Last year, his last opponent last year when he was a Colt, where he didn't win that game against them. And then Doug Peterson is now the head coach with Jacksonville. So it's the – I call it the student versus the pupil matchup, where in this case – Pretty much Doug knows everything about Carson Wentz. So um, it's the first mental test. And then also on our end, from the commander standpoint, if Brandon Sheriff comes back, he's a, he's returning, um, you know, a guy that was a heart and soul of our offensive line, as you talked about him earlier, Mike, where um, he's back now and he's going to pretty much anchor that Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line going forward. So um, a homecoming of sorts in, the, in, the, in a multitude of ways. So. Um, this is going to be, you know, an interesting matchup to say the least. So, let's see what we got here. Your X Factor. Who, um, your X Factor. I'm going to go with you first, Mike. Who is your uh, X Factor in this matchup? As far as the X Factor on for the um, – you mean offensively or are you talking about defensively for both teams or you want me to give it for both? Either or. Whatever, whoever okay. you decide. It could be it could be on both sides. It could be any anybody, really, honestly. Okay, as far as uh, offensively for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to say Zay Jones. Uh, in talking with uh, Locked On Jaguars, uh, Tony Tony Wiggins uh, actually found out that Zay Jones has had probably the best camp of any wide receiver at the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars facility. So he's the guy that could potentially break out and have a good game for them offensively. Uh, you know, you would hope it would be Travis Etienne, but, you know, I'm looking at Zay Jones, and I'm thinking that Trevor Lawrence is going to have to put the ball in the air just a little bit. 
Uh, as far as defensively for the Jaguars, I'm going to say uh, Andre Sisco, the safety from Syracuse. Last year, he wasn't necessarily used quite as, as well as he could have. But, of course, you know, was anybody really used well under the Urban Meyer regime? So, you know, with Cisco there in the safety position, I think he'll definitely get be able to do his thing. I think Doug Peterson and his defensive coaches will allow him to uh, be able to flourish and do the things that he did at Syracuse. And he did so well at Syracuse, might I add. So, uh, those were two for the Jacksonville Jaguars as far as for the Washington Commanders. I'm going to say that uh, Gibson is probably going to be the X factor to me. You know, Terry McLaurin is going to be out there doing his thing. Uh, but, you know, they need Gibson to be that guy, not just be a guy, the guy. And they need him not fumble as well, you know, not, not fumble, go to, a, go to a hypnotist if he needs to, whatever he needs to do to not. Um, as far as defensively, huh? You know, you got plenty of guys there, but I, I think uh, Mr. Curl is still there at safety, correct? Yeah, I, I think that he could potentially have a, a, an effect on this game. I mean, he does have uh, pretty good skills back there as a safety. You know, I've, I've kind of watched him uh, play, being that you know I did play the the safety and defensive back position all the way through college, so. Kind of watch this game. I like his game and the intangibles that he brings. So he could definitely have an impact as well. Yep. Rob, which, who is your X Factors? So for from a commander standpoint on offense, um, I'm going with Armani Rogers. He was Carson Wentz's favorite target in the preseason. Carson Wentz has always loved throwing to tight ends throughout his entire career. He had Zach Ertz, you know, the beginning part of his career in Philadelphia. I think it's going to carry over. Logan Thomas is still out. He's not playing week one. I, I look at Armani Rodgers, especially as Carson Wentz still is growing and learning the playbook. That's going to be his safety outlet. Um, in week one, I see him having having a, a pretty decent game, big game for his standards. Um, defensively, I got to go uh, Cam Curl as well. You know, don't know what we're going to get from Trevor Lawrence in year two, how much he has progressed. Um, but it's time for Cam Curl to kind of he he's kind of turning into the leader of the defense. You know, we have Kendall Fuller, so he's definitely there too. But his you know he, he needs a Robin to his Batman as far as the secondary goes. And I don't think William Jackson is is that guy. And I think Cam Curl is going to needs to and is going to step up and and be that Robin for Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to end up being the X factor. He's going to have to be, you know, again, going into year two, I keep saying it, but going into year two, the, the growth he needs to show um, in order to elevate this team, you know, again, not necessarily a playoff team or a contender, but just showing that he's making the right steps forward to be that he's the guy that this team can be built around. Um, And, for the defense, it's going to be those two defensive ends because, again, if, if they want any chance of stopping this offense, you know, Carson Wentz has his struggles, but if he has all day to throw in the pocket, then it's it's hard for any defense to win when you don't get pressure, uh, when you don't get pressure uh, against a quarterback. 
Yeah, and most definitely, definitely huge shout out to our guy Daryl. Definitely appreciate you for checking us out. Um, so we got this X factor for the Commanders, Logan Thomas, if he plays, because we all, like you said, and that's a great point where Wentz does love tight ends. Obviously, Zach Ertz in Philly, and um, you know that is concerned. And then also he gave us his, uh, let's see, his X factor for Jacksonville. We got uh, Josh Allen, the the other Josh Allen. Shout out, shout out to the real Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. The real Josh Allen, right? Oh boy, yeah. So he'll keep wins under pressure, but um, yeah, I think from the commander standpoint, I look at who's going to be the X factor. I know you guys talked about Cam Curl, but also another guy on that um, on that secondary. I think that could potentially make plays as well. Bobby McCain, I think he'll be one where I think he has that instinctive playmaking ability as well. Um. Especially, and we and like we talk about it, Rob. Like it's almost like ad nauseum how our secondary just get torched every week, and it's just like we 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 always yearn for somebody in that secondary to make a play or do something. So yeah. I, this could be a potential way I can see maybe a Bob McClain do, does his thing, um, and even Jacksonville. I look at like you said, and it's funny you brought up Zay Jones because Zay Jones was one of those guys who. Kind of, you know, I wouldn't say he he did his thing against us when he was playing with the Raiders last year in that December fifth matchup that we had with the Raiders. So it's kind of interesting that, and then also bringing in like a guy like Evan Ingram, kind of two guys with somewhat obviously we're more familiar with Evan, Evan Ingram. So um, that's definitely, like you said, it's going to be definitely key. And um, Jacksonville, yeah, like you said, I think it's just that linebacker core is pretty much going to be their X factor. Obviously, as you t- talked about it, Mike, earlier, as far as you know, you got Trayvon Walker on one side, Josh Allen. And then, I mean, they that, you know, t- coupled with though, they got a, a, a solid linebacker core. Like, it's one of those where, you know, they got some up-and-coming emerging guys <laughs> where it's scary maybe when we play them again in, in, in four years. Like, and I think it's going to be potentially scary um, in this matchup. So, I mean, you look at, like, Devin Lloyd. I think he's he's somebody that's going to emerge. I think he they got him at, at a bargain. Um, in the draft, so I look at him as as an emerging um, emerging for this team. But I, I definitely think that this linebacker core definitely, and especially with the, with the way I, with our run, and then also definitely with um, you know, like you said, if we get you know Logan Thomas if he's available, if he's going to be you know, or whoever we have at tight end, John Bates, or whoever's going to be there, they're going to be critical as far as the success. Um, if if we if they get success on um on those type of plays with our tight ends and our run game, so they'd definitely be huge factors. So let's see what we got here. So fellas, matchup to watch. Any specific matchups that you guys are looking forward to in this matchup? I'm gonna go with you first, Mike. Your um your thoughts on the matchup to watch. Well, you, you kind of led me right into where I was thinking. Um, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars spent money on uh, Olaquan from the Atlanta Falcons last year, and he's one of their inside linebackers to go along with that Lloyd. So I'm going to keep my eye on him because he's a tackling machine, uh, and, you know, he was – I believe he was a pro bowler, I believe, or close to it, um, you know, if he wasn't. But – He'll definitely be a guy to watch uh, versus the Washington Commanders interior offensive line because he was brought there to help against the run and to make things happen. And if he's doing his job, 
then that means the Washington Commanders aren't running the football very well, and that bodes well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, another matchup to watch, I would say, is just the um, Commanders defensive backs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers because the Jacksonville Jaguars spent money this offseason, as you all know, on wide receivers. Of course, they get talked about about Christian Kirk and all the money he paid him, even though his his, side, his contract amounts to about two years and with 36 or $39 million is what it really amounts to, not not four years and 70-some-odd million. But, you know, I digress. But, you know, that's a, a guy to watch. Uh, and then, of course, I call him uh, Bruce Leroy, but you call him Zay Jones. Uh, he did kind of look like Bruce Leroy when he was signing that contract. So, you know, I call him Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy is going to definitely be uh, trying to – uh, show he's he's definitely got it, can get it done out there and you know have him saying show enough out there so that'll be the matchup that I the matchups I'm looking at from uh, both sides in terms of offense defense and defense offense yeah and Rob what you got um I'm gonna go a little bit more specific than what Mike said he, he brought up Jags um, wide receivers against RDBs I'm gonna go more specific Christian Kirk. Um, against what I'm going to presume is going to be uh, William Jackson the third, mainly because, and Mike alluded to it as well, the money that that team paid Christian Kirk um, is a ridiculous amount of money. And when you break it down, yeah, it, it does not as bad as it looks, but compared to other receivers in the game, it, it is it could end up being probably one of the worst free agent contracts Jacksonville ever signs. Depending on what he's able to do with it, and and if anybody knows bad free agent signings, coach, it's us. We 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 be winning Super Bowls in March and April. You know, Albert Hainsworth, number one hundred million dollar man, can even pass the conditioning test. But I digress. Um, but again, back to the point. Christian Kirk, the amount of money that they paid, is he going to be able to capitalize on um, the? the other human garbage can in William Jackson the third. Um as long as as long as Jacksonville's able to stay between third and one and third and two, we're good. We're solid. I love our chances. It's once we're third and seven and beyond. I'm much more comfortable with third and one than I am with third and fifteen, third and twenty. Third and twenty, I have no hope for us at all. Yeah, close your eyes, man, if it's third and 20, because, you know, Carson Wentz might mess around and make one of them Carson Wentz things happy, you know. No, no, I'm he talking did. about if it's third and 20 for you guys. Oh, you guys have the ball, yeah. and it's okay. third and 20, I I am not confident in our second. It's if terrifying. it's third and one, I, I'm, we're getting the stop. <laughs> Nine times out of 10. Third and 20. Third and 20? No, nah, y'all can Third and 20. Oh, 26, we had 26-yard reception. It's <laughs> 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 going happy, man. But, um... <clears throat> I think the biggest matchup, and I know you, um, you talked about a secondary, you know, all wide receiver core versus their secondary in a sense. Well, I mean, in the inverse. <clears throat> I'm just curious um, how Jacksonville is going to definitely, um, as far as their corners, you look at Shaquille Griffin and Tyson Campbell, like are they going to be kind of interchangeable where, you know, you, obviously we got Terry on one side, Jahan on the other, then we got – uh, Curtis in the slide. So I'm kind of interested of how they're going to play that, like as far as what's going to end up happening, where who's going to draw that matchup. Are we going to, it's going to be, are we going to see like 
potentially a double coverage on one side or what's going to end up happening if they're going to drop safeties or drop or whatever they're going to do in that in the in those schemes so i'm really curious because we all know i think this is kind of this jacksonville secondary is kind of <clears> by <throat> committee they it's necessarily they just don't have that number one guy that's gonna like we'll put them on terry per se and I think that's going to be kind of interesting of who's going to be guarding Terry on, on one side or or uh, Jahan on the other. So it might be a, like a committee. I had a thought there for you. Uh, they did bring in Williams from the, the Rams as well. So don't forget about him. He, oh, yeah. He's a whole yeah. guy, and they brought him in. So I would say that more than likely what's going to happen is, is I think uh, Tyson Campbell will probably get more of a shot guarding, uh, guarding yeah. Scary Terry. Than what uh, Griffin would, it would get, because you know, speaking again to uh, Locked On Jaguars, um, Terry, uh, oh Terry, good gracious, Tony Wiggins, um, he was telling me that you know there's a lot of people that are all the way in on Griffin, and some people that are all the way out of Griffin, so it's kind of split there on him. So, but when it comes to Tyson Campbell, they like the size, the speed, and things like that. So he has the size and speed to deal with Terry. So I would say that more than likely you're going to see Campbell match up with him more than you end up seeing Griffin matched up with him. But, you know, of course I could be wrong. They could rotate it or they could stay on one side of the field or the other. But if I were the defensive coordinator, I would have Campbell on him more because he's more of a big body, more physical guy. He doesn't have great ball skills, but he definitely, you know, can, can, can play defensive back. Yeah, big time. Let's see what we got here. Let's throw our line match up. So in this, I guess you can say in this history between the Jaguars, the Commanders, Washington football team, Redskins, whatever, it's not, not as many games as, as most of our rival. Obviously, we, you know, we talk about divisional foes from time to time and some of our NFC foes. But this is definitely an interesting take Um you good on this, Michael? You want us to kind of you want the command to take over this one? I mean, you you all can go ahead. I, I'm okay. know, kind of uh, going over moments in my mind right now. Okay, all right. I'm gonna go with you first, Rob. What you got? The first one that comes to mind is uh, 2006 when oh, a man. then young Jack Del Rio was the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, allowed Mark Brunel to put up 30 points against his against his team. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> And it, it was it was so crazy because I remember it being such a back and forth game. Santana Moss, probably one of his one of his better games he's played. I know he his first touchdown he scored. I think it was like a 50, 60 yarder. Uh juke the dude out of his cleats, you know, activated the washing machine washing machine spin cycle on his way to his first touchdown of the game. Um tied 30-30 going into overtime. Washington gets, you know, gets the wins the coin toss. They like to receive, obviously. I uh, get the ball, I think, three plays later. Um, Mark Brunel throws a dime to Santana Moss on the sideline, who was essentially double covered, uh, double covered. I think the safety kind of tried to jump it and jump too early, missed the ball. Moss caught it and was able to turn around and, and burn the corner for the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, they had they had great chemistry. Santana yeah. Moss and, and Mark Brunel, like, I, yeah, they had great chemistry. Um, I, actually, the moment I'm looking that I, I remember, obviously, because that was the last matchup was uh, December of 2018. 
Um, that's when we went to Jacksonville um, at since six and seven. We you know went through a, a, the car wash of, of quarterbacks, obviously after the injury to Mark Brunel. That's that was the week before Mark Brunel, not Mark Brunel, but Mark Sanchez blew up our playoff chances. I still blame him for that year, honestly, more so than anybody. But Josh Johnson um, comes out of he hasn't he didn't start a game in, in seven years. He goes on to to win. Uh, we were down by ten points in the fourth quarter. He threw his touchdown, his long touchdown pass to Wayback Machine. I got Jeremy Sprinkle, the pride of Arkansas. <laughs> so <laughs> he threw that, and then my all time favorite kicker. Well, he ain't my all time favorite kicker in the smarter era, probably. Dustin Hopkins kicked that field goal to to win the game, sixteen to thirteen, and uh, we get to 500 and then next the, the that week we went to Tennessee and lost yep. that, that uh, Saturday that before Christmas Christmas Eve yeah yeah Christmas Eve yeah I remember that and that's that ended our playoff hopes at that time that whole yeah. that whole season was a roller coaster <laughs> it really was <laughs> <laughs> trading for Kirk Cousins I remember when we traded Kirk Cousins for Alex or we traded for Alex Smith you know I, I was in Guam that day I was on yeah. deployment had just pulled into Guam Read it and I was all right. Well, Kirk's done, obviously. <laughs> Starting right. six and three, first in the division, yeah. and then from there, him breaking his leg. That yeah. was a, an absolute roller coaster. Yeah, it was the best of times and the worst of times. Oh, yeah. Damn you, Texans. <laughs> like, I've got are, my moment, though. We, we are really unloaded on, on Mike. Sorry, we done, we done bought up all the AFC South trauma we didn't have for the last like, 15 years. <laughs> well, well yeah. allow me to bring up a little bit more trauma. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. But oh, uh, as you know, the Washington Commanders have only lost one time to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're 6-1 and one to the, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That one win that the Jacksonville Jaguars had, the Washington Commanders were up seven to nothing in the first quarter, and everything was looking great. Jacksonville scores 26 straight points, wins 26 to seven. Shane Matthews at quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ryan Gardner catches a 20-yard touchdown pass. Stacy Mack with a touchdown run. And then to cap it all off, Fred Taylor with the 12-yard TD run. Curtains game. 2002. So that was, yep. Oh Jesus. <laughs> that was a that was a bad loss when you have Shane Matthews leading the charge at quarterback. Just bad. <laughs> all right. All right, Mike. In his defense, he had a good year. That 0-1 bad team was pretty good. I know, even though he didn't lead, he didn't lead that team offensively, but in Shane Matthews' defense. <laughs> he came off a good year in 2001, and then you know that was that was uh that was uh Spurrier's uh boy, you know, going back to Florida. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you know the the the, uh, the Shane. I'll take the Dave Matthews band over Shane Matthews. Shane Matthews. It's just, it's, it's, it's what it is. <laughs> I know, man. We yeah yeah that was good old days. We had him, then we had Patrick Ramsey, Danny Warfer. Like man, I tell you, <laughs> I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, man, so he beats you. Then Spurrier brings him in to be the quarterback, and then he just doesn't do the same things. And he was like, wow, well, well, Spurrier, why? Spurrier was trying to collect all his Florida players at one time. That's what he was trying to do. Oh, Lord. 
That's <laughs> literally what he was trying to do. Yeah, because he had Andrew, he had, Andrew, he had, he had Riddell Anthony on that team. Oh, yeah, he had, uh, yeah. Who else did he have on that team that was uh, – uh, um, Did he have any, any other wide receivers on that team? Was Jacquez Green? No, Jacquez Green wasn't on that uh, team. No, nah, he was – well, he was with Tampa, I think. He was, he was Tampa, yeah. yeah. He was with Tampa. Ah, yeah, I, yeah, that was a that was a horrible year. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to figure it. out what's what Steve Steve Spurrier and and, and, and this crazy part about all of that. <laughs> you can talk about how bad Steve Spurrier was, but it still doesn't pale in comparison to how bad Urban Meyer was with the entire experience. <laughs> right. At least he stayed the entire year, you know, compared to Urban. But yeah. Yeah, Urban Yikes. was doing the most, man. He was doing the absolute most. Urban thought he was just living the life to do whatever. He thought he was Teflon Don, couldn't be touched. But no, that, that wasn't the case. <laughs> I call yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely thought he was at Ohio State for sure. <laughs> he thought he was the, the big man on campus for sure. This this is it's told us a different beast. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Matthews. Oh my Shane freaking Matthews. <laughs> yep. Yep. I took it way back. Yes, indeed. I remember that. Oh, yeah, that was right. 20 years on a diet. Yep. 20 years on a diet. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so we gotta so Mike, what is the key to a Jacksonville Jaguars win? Key to a Jacksonville Jaguars win. Stop the run. Stop the run. Stop the run. Stop the run. They haven't stopped the run in a couple years. So if they're able to do that, that's going to make the Jacksonville, the uh, Washington Commanders actually, you know, have to do other things like, you know, Carson Wentz throw the whole entire the entire game, which enhances the chance he will make a mistake. So stop the run. Run the football with ETN and James Robinson. Jaguars win if they're able to control the trenches in that aspect. Okay. So now we got to get to the commander side of things. So, Rob, what is the Mm -hmm. keys to a commander's win? Carson wins consistency. He doesn't even have to play great. He doesn't have to play at an MVP level yet. He just needs to be consistent. He needs to make the right reads. He needs to find the open man, which last year he was actually pretty good at that. You know, 27 and 7. You know, he didn't play terrible last year. You know, one, the league and fans tend to have a recency bias. And everybody looks to, myself included, for the most part, we look at that game against Jacksonville where he could not get anything going and beat. A clearly or lost to a clearly inferior team. Obviously, number one pick again. You have the number one pick for a reason. You're not able to beat that team. You know, there's there's something that has to be looked at. Just need consistency from him. Need good decision making. And I like that he likes tight ends. It, it, that's going to be his safety outlet. That's going to get him out of a lot of trouble. Yeah. Third down defense. Contain them on third down. That's that's the honestly that's the biggest key for this Washington commander team because we need that type of confidence. We talk about this every week, where we and, and when we lose, I, the, the 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 most glaring stat is third down defense efficiency. 
like as far as so we've always I think we've had down to a science like hell if you just get them down to forty percent we got a fighter's chance. <laughs> it's just like we yeah. broke it down because like weeks it was like weeks it was like seventy percent, sixty percent, and we're like, you know, so now you know, third down defense is, is critical because obviously considering the fact that hey we know what that does that gives your defense a break they don't have to you know as far as when it comes to the war of attrition in the fourth quarter, a little bit more that, you know, you don't have to necessarily, you'll expend all your energy in these drives that continue on. That's, that's that you just need to just stop right then and there. And um, I think Carson Wentz, like you said, I don't necessarily think he has a, has a play like lights out, but I just want to, I just want him. The thing, the key for us is how he will rebound after making mistakes. Yeah. That's the thing. It's it's a mental thing with him. I think I, like like I talk about it all the time. We talk about it all the time on the show. I don't worry about his ability. I worry about his mental. In this case, especially compared with you have a a, a quarterback and Trevor Lawrence who was cool as a cucumber, versus you know versus a Carson Wentz who you know who, who you know who could potentially you know lose not lose it but more so you can tell like. When he's bothered and he he gets flustered, you can kind of yeah. tell in his play that he get flustered. Um, and I think Carson Wentz, if he can exploit that Jacksonville secondary, and get himself some confidence, I think that's another <laughs> key to the win. Like like you said to your point, Mike, where yeah, he, if you put him, you know, if you just you know what they call like unleash, like let him just do his thing, that he's bound to make a mistake. But the thing is, like you said, if he makes that mistake. Can he bounce back from those mistakes? So that's I think those are the keys for a Washington Commanders win. Hey, Coach, so, can I say something yeah. real quick? Absolutely, absolutely. I need y'all to do one thing and one thing only before every game when Carson Wentz go comes out. Oh Lord, wait! <laughs> Crank up the Tina Turner. Oh. We don't need another hero. Play that every game <laughs> before he comes out the tunnel. Because you can guarantee he's going to have moments where he plays hero ball. Crank that loud as you can uh, hear it so they can hear it a country mile away. So he gets that in his head. We don't need another hero out here today. Just you know, follow the game plan. And, and it's, it's funny that you say that because we said that a lot with Taylor Haneke last year. We had that yeah. same song and dance with him last year where – and it's funny, it's funny that you say that because we used to say that every week, like kind of almost preface that point where it's like when you do too much, that's when like because we always look at him as like we want him to just be Taylor Haneke, don't be Brett Favre. Yeah. Like, don't be the other four. You have you you wear the number four on your chest, but you're not Brett Favre. You know, so it's like you can't get away with that type of stuff. Like you said, you can't be like Carson Wentz, like I said, Carson Wentz can't be the hero. Like he, yes, he might have the C on his chest or might have a, a S underneath his jersey, but don't, like you said, don't be a hero because he, we really necessarily don't need it per se, you know. But yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, yeah, we'll play that. I, I'll crank it up. <laughs> it hit loud enough. I'm about, about 200 miles. I, I mean, about 120 some miles away from the stadium. So they probably hear me. <laughs> Give it a little bit of time. It'll get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So 
fellas, it is prediction time. <laughs> so, our guest, Mike, scored this game. Okay. Hear me out. I'll give you kind of a rundown how we get there, too. Okay. <laughs> All right. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to come out fired up. They're going to stuff the run just a little bit. You know, the commanders are going to make some plays in the running game. Uh, the Jaguars are going to, you know, use the running game to set up the, the play action and the passing game as well. And with that being said, running game dominating on both sides, stopping it and throwing it, and stopping it and running it, I should say. The Jacksonville Jaguars will win this game pretty low scoring, 23-20. Kicker kicks a field goal in the last couple of minutes to send them to a opening season win. You sound like those folks at the NFL Network. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I promise I promise, I do not practice I'm, any of this. It I just know, comes I'm off joking. the top of my head. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I'm just like, no, I've, just been, I've been like on this like, I cannot believe like half their experts like got got Jacksonville winning this game. But I'm just that's just me personally. It's not, it's not you know, it's I, all good. I, it's all good. I, I see them. I just, I just, <laughs> I, I see them winning about eight games this year. So they got to win this one. Yeah, Rob, what you got? So the logic is sound. I like where he was going with it. The run game gonna be vital, and whoever runs better is. Will most likely come out on top. The thing is, Washington still has a better offensive line from what I've seen this offseason. And they have a better run game. They have a better running back committee. So if we're going just off a run game, Washington's going to win. I still believe it's going to be low scoring. I think Wentz is going to play well. He really needs to play well to get the low confidence boost. Um, I think Wentz is going to throw for about 280, just under 300. I think Antonio Gibson's going to have about 75 yards and a touchdown. Once is going to throw a touchdown. He might even run for one. Um, and I, I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm going to say probably about a 17 to 23 Washington commanders victory on our way to 17 and 0. Yeah. Okay. What was, what was going to get Robbie said? 20. Uh, I'm going to say 17 and 23. Okay. 23, 17. Okay. Okay. All right. So I think uh, Carson Wentz does uh, get his first win on his one of three of his mental, uh, of his mental test one is going to pass. Uh, I think we're going to win by the final score of 27 to 21. Carson Wentz will lead us down the field and I'll score the game winning touchdown and we get out of, uh, you know, get out of Dodge at home uh, with our first game and head on down to Detroit and get our ditches ready, you know, but yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to ride, they're going to ride down uh, to Detroit through eight miles. Oh boy! <laughs> I get the mind right. No? Yeah, gotta get the mind right. Yeah, I get that mom spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely yeah. trying to lose themselves in the moment. They're trying to go to another. <laughs> That's right. Hey, that would be something right. Hey, <laughs> no, knee slapper. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> But yeah, man. So once again, so we'll put a bow on this week's commanders in the chat. 
Definitely appreciate you, Mike, for coming through. Uh, tell them where they can find your social media and all your upcoming projects that you got going on. You can find me on Twitter at MikePatton82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-82. And on Instagram uh, at the T-H-A underscore general underscore MP. That's the underscore general underscore MP. Of course, you can find my podcast, Torn the AFC South, on all listed platforms. That's iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find it, it's there. Of course, got the Colts preview coming up tomorrow. And also, I've got Jim Trotter coming on with me. So we will definitely be having that out uh, as soon as possible as well. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, social media, what you got going on, upcoming projects? Y'all already know where you can find me at FNC Pod on Twitter, Football and Chill Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I just put out a YouTube video a couple of days ago on college football expansion, kind of give my <clears> thoughts <throat> and why it's good and can be bad potentially, um, and what it means for specifically Notre Dame. So definitely go check that out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely um so find me pretty much on the main one uh couch coach live uh facebook twitter instagram couch coach live um also um social media here uh commanders itc anyway uh podcast we're there as well apple spotify you're there and also social media for the commanders in the chat commanders itc that's on facebook twitter and instagram as well um, I do a plethora of commander shows, obviously, at um, Play Callers, um, NFL Matchup Preview. I, Mike, you on there as well. I, my brother in on that one as well, too. And um, the NFL Carousel, I do a bit for them as well, for the commanders. I do a few things for, uh, for the commanders as well. So, um, once again, definitely appreciate our special guests here for providing us great analysis and and a little bit of emotional damage from 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 2002. So, <laughs> you know, I'm glad I wasn't big into football at that point because I have no recollection of that game. I remember that. <laughs> and when you said that, I was like, oh, that was yeah, yep. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was that was an interesting one. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, man, definitely appreciate you for coming through. And man, this has been uh, this week's commanders in the chat. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to our season open against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, man, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. And we're out.